Hi there, Mark Tinney from Race Fuels. We're proud to confirm that 2021 will be our biggest racing season on record. The 2021 season will see us supply over 1 million litres of fuel, over 50 race events in Australia, New Zealand, plus we're heading overseas to supply GT World Challenge Asia. Our New Zealand supply strategy is expanding as we continue to stock our range of racing fuels in Auckland. Whether you're competing or simply a track day participant, Race Fuels is always on track with fuel supply, particularly with our bounces at Sydney Motorsport Park, Phillip Island and Sandown. Race Fuels is grateful for the continued support of the Australian motorsport categories, their competitors and the event promoters as we all work to continue to provide fans with great racing. Thanks all, and now enjoy the latest Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels. Welcome back to the Parked Up podcast. It's episode 44. My name's Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Delberto. Once again, we're powered by the great race fuels. And Tony D, another week has passed and here we go again. G'day, mate. How's your week been? Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Not too bad. I didn't. I don't actually care. Okay. No one cares, mate. Fine. No, I'm joking. How was it? Tell me. Tell me all about it. I, I don't know. I did some exercise. Um, I had a couple of days off actually after the after the Baskerville Baskerville uh, and and Tassie little stuff, and only got a couple of weeks now before we get real excited about going down to Phillip Island for the second round of TCR S5000, and then less than a week later, only a couple of days later, going to jump in a car and drive up to Bathurst for the Mount Panorama 500, the new Adelaide 500. Yeah. Can't wait for that. And are you going to, are you going to come for a road trip with me up to Bathurst? Yeah, I'll come. I'll come. I'm, I'm, I'm penciled in and I say penciled cause I'm really brave cause Steph's not, can't hear me right now, mm-hmm. but I'm penciled in for a weekend away with Steph. Um, but I'm sure she won't mind if we, if I go to Bathurst instead. Oh, so you penciled in for that weekend? Yeah. Well, just tell her, hey, let's go to Central West New South Wales. <laughs> I know a great place to stay, just near this Does big it have mountain. Like a, a hot springs there or not? Oh, I'm surely, surely, surely that's the type of place that would would do that. I reckon. Yeah. Anyway, what a we... weekend away, and uh, maybe you could go. She could go to Orange. You could just leave her in Orange, hmm. and you go and uh, come come to a little racetrack there. I reckon that you and work. I, you and I both know that's not going to happen, mate. Okay. And if yep. you want to see me again without black eyes, then I guess I think we should just drop this conversation right now. Let's uh, let's move into some car racing because uh, it must be getting close to the start of the season because we've got livery drops, we've got news coming out of our backside, uh-huh. um, and this is all just V8 supercars. Hey, the yeah the biggest news story possibly of the whole year dropped not long after our last pod dropped so um we've got a little bit of uh, chasing our tails to do with the huge news about triple eight and its ownership and its driver lineup and uh, a whole other raft of things so um yeah look let's uh, save everyone from us just dribbling on let's get just get straight into it here's the news And the news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. They are your one-stop shop for all things motorsport, branding, websites, team uniforms, custom race gear. They are the people to speak to. Visit motorsportwebsites.com.au for more. Tony, the news was huge. Triple Eight Race Engineering having a major shakeup from 2022. Jamie Winkup to retire at the end of the year. Tony Quinn comes in as a 40% stakeholder of the team, Roland Dane to step down as managing director. If you've been hiding under a rock for the past six days, then you wouldn't have known that and um, happy to bring it to you. But lots of questions to pop up from all of this. The, the one big question for me though, who replaces Jamie? Who replaces the GOAT? from 2022 where's your early money I, I really don't have any early money to be honest grant there's been a lot of people put forward um the question is going to be whether they're going to go for somebody with experience or go for youth 
who knows? There's a lot of lot of young guns out there, um, and there's a lot of guys that have got a lot of experience that are, haven't had the chance to shine just yet. I mean, someone like a Nick Perkat maybe that's got years of experience and is ready to rumble given the right opportunity. Or do they go for someone really young, you know, like a Brock Feeney who we see has announced his uh, development series drive with Triple Eight. You know, is he the next big thing? Uh, Are they grooming him to take over Jamie's seat? I suppose time will tell, and I reckon it's way too early for, for us to predict anyone, but I'm sure they've got their eye on a few options. Yeah. Yeah, I think the release of Brock Feeney's livery and even the car number with him running Triple Eight, uh, bringing that back into the fold is a pretty good indication that he's definitely on on a short list. We actually haven't seen much of Brock in a supercar. Mm. So he did the 2019 Super 3 Series, which he won against a pretty good field. Mm. Um, and definitely. he wasn't always the fastest driver, but he was certainly the most consistent. And at the end of the championship, got the job done. So that was the, I guess, the most we've seen of him. And then, of course, 2020 came around and we didn't get to have much in the way of Super 2 action. He did the Bathurst 1000 with James Courtney in the Tickford Boost car. I think they finished 10th. So he's still very, very young and very green. Hmm. Um, But this year's Super 2 series is uh, certainly the first half of the series. That's really going to be the big test. And, And if he can get through that, Probably if if he's leading that championship, come say June, July, August, I reckon there's a fair chance that that he'll be the uh, obvious replacement. You know, I think uh, just looking at history, Roland Dane and his team giving Jamie Winkup a very young Jamie Winkup who had a, quite a bit more experience than someone like Brock Feeney did mm. uh, back then. I think that that will be playing on their minds that you know we want to give the next young up-and-comer a shot but uh yeah I, I think as you say i don't think we're going to find out too much about it until we get sort of midway through the year and if brock isn't able to sort of uh secure that drive then that's where the likes of the nick Perkats or potentially an international driver you know could emerge as a um as a candidate to drive in what has to be the the hottest seat in the field for 2022. Yeah. I mean, the Brock Feeney story is an interesting one because he's got a, you know, a big supporter in Paul Morris pushing um, in the background, trying to create an opportunity. And, and Paul's done a a great job with a lot of drivers. We see them on the, on the full-time supercar grid. Um, Anton Di Pasquale, uh, he's done a bit with Will Brown, uh, Kostecki as well. He's obviously, can create some of those opportunities for these young guys through his contacts. Um, and he's obviously got a keen eye for some talent out there, but you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to if Brock's the right fit at the time, if he's at the right stage of his career, because you know, triple eight, they're not going to want to go backwards and, and Van Gears will need somebody to push him hard too. So it might be too, too soon for him. Time will tell. We'll see. The other question is, does Jamie stick around for the endurance races? Now, he uh, part of the news was that he will be the new managing director taking over from Roland Dane as the big dog at Triple Eight. Now, uh, not, not completely unreasonable to think he won't be able to do the endurance races. But, you know, as we know, Jamie, very well organized, very thorough in all the things that he likes to do. And there's just no way that he would only do one motor race for 2022 or, or, or beyond. He'll, he'll want to keep himself pretty fresh as well. So he'll need to, if, if he does want to do the endurance races, my take is that he'll also want to do other driving that will keep him sharp for that race. What, what, what do you reckon? And, and how much, um, of a balancing act, do you think he'll need to play, particularly in his first year of being the MD, uh, as, as we get closer to that? Personally, I think the role is too big for him to half do it and, and to be racing something else, taking his mind off the job. Because you you got to remember he has other things outside of racing too um, with these other businesses. 
uh, he's very, he's a very busy boy. And, uh, you know, to add racing into that running triple eight, you know, he, he's going to have a huge amount on his plate. I don't know. I, I can see him not doing Bathurst, um, next year. You know, I can see him just walking away and really sinking his teeth into this new role, but who knows? I mean, I think every team up and down pit lane, if Jamie Winkup became available as a co-driver, um, we'd love to have him. And, and obviously he can't go anywhere else, but triple eight, but does that, you know, mean that Craig Lowndes might step aside and, uh, retire? I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, because, you know, if Jamie's going to do a co-drive at Bathurst, he's only going to do it in the best seat possible. If, if triple eight grab a young bloke, then Jamie will want to do it with SVG. And, uh, so that's my take on it. So I don't reckon it's a certainty that he's going to jump in as a co-driver. I mean, you know, speaking of co-drivers and, and guys who just jumped out of the main series, someone like a Rick Kelly, you know, he hasn't been confirmed anywhere just yet either. So I don't know, maybe once you've had a big career in supercars, you're happy to step back if you feel as though you've achieved everything. And Jamie certainly has achieved a huge amount in the sport and uh, anybody would be happy to walk away and, and retire with the, you know, the trophies that he's got in the cabinet. Yeah. Well, interesting. I mean, the, the sport I feel is, you know, just a little poorer without him mm. being there regularly. Um, so it, yeah, it'd be great to have him even just in the driver's seat on that, uh, on that one occasion, but look, nothing stays the same forever. And, you know, if he moves, uh, if he does move out and doesn't race in the endurance races, not only do we have a really tasty seat available for 2022, there's also a pretty plum enduro drive in the offing there as well. So lots of uh, movement and change over the next uh, 18 months or so. Very exciting. The uh, Just speaking of Triple Eight, they've also confirmed an entry in the new GT World Challenge Australia. They'll uh, prepare a Mercedes GT3 car for Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, who will race alongside His Highness Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim of the Johor Royal Family. We've got royalty coming to race down under in 2021. I think they've had that association for quite a few years now. I think that's who they race with overseas when they, they do their races over there in the Mercedes. Um Man, I tell you what, Triple Eight, super, super busy. I mean, they've got a lot on their plate at the moment. Um, lots of irons in the fire. I mean, they're, they're, they're racing XLs, Dunlop Series, uh, supercars, GT racing. You know, what is next, honestly? Yeah, well, they should come um, race a TCR car against you as well. Why not? Well, you know, Roland was at Simmons Plains, so maybe he's just checking things out. <laughs> I think he was actually on the hit, on the cans to, to a driver in, uh, in the XL Series. Uh, but, you know, one thing I do want to talk about today is actually, you know, Tony Quinn getting involved in Triple Eight. You know, what does that mean? He's got 40% of the ownership now. Yep. Um, so he's got the biggest share. But if you add Jess Dane and Roland Dane together, they've still got 41%. So the Danes <laughs> still hold majority share, but it doesn't look that way, does it? No, that's right. No, that, uh, that, that was an, an interesting little point to come out of the stakeholdings in the team. Now, what that actually means, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm sure, you know, we know Tony Quinn just, you know, loves his racing and he's got an exceptional eye in the, in the business world as well. So that's a, uh, a, it's a, it's a real coup for the, for the triple eight organization, obviously puts a little bit more cash in the bank as well. So you can just see the triple eight steamroller continuing in supercars over the uh, coming decade under the new sort of um, reign of, of Jamie, uh, Justine obviously working in there as well. For me, it just means that we've got another, another 10 years or so of this team being the, uh, the, the ones to beat. And if you do beat them, you know, you're having a good day. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now it was interesting. They dropped the news on the day that almost every supercar livery in Victoria got dropped because they had a ride day at Phillip Island and a, a car, a shakedown day. So we saw Chaz Mossett shake down his new car, Cam Waters as well. And just before the cars rolled out, all these liveries dropped. I mean, the monster car looked almost the same, which is normal. Yeah. Um, you can't really uh, change too much on that. And it always looks amazing anyway. So one of the best looking cars on the grid. 
but you know, we saw some other other um leverage drop as well. Tomorrow though. So DJR, when you say tomorrow, you mean Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, yes. the 9th of February, yep. DJR are going to drop their livery. Now, we've seen the last five years a car look almost identical. Mm-hmm. Is it going to look the same? Or, you know, now uh, Penske aren't involved. Do they have that freedom to do some changes and, uh, you know, spice it up a little bit? Maybe. I do love the fact that they've kept this similar livery through uh, the long, a long stretch of time. You know, any time in five or 10 years, you'll look back on the current scheme that they have. And as a race fan, you'll look at that scheme and you'll think success. You'll think this was a period of domination for that team. Now I'm going to guess with a, uh, with a similar bank of uh, corporate partners that they have in, in Shell and Pertec and Repco, I'd imagine that the livery will will stay the same. And I guess as people are listening to this, they've probably already seen it anyway. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But maybe in 2022 with new generation of car, maybe that's where we'll see a shift in, in their livery. Maybe the, the idea was is to keep the livery similar now up until uh, we get, we get a, a completely new shape of race cars in Gen 3. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. There's a few more schemes that need to need to drop before cars go testing at Winton for the Victorian teams and Queensland Raceway for the Queensland teams. Um, okay, Tony D. Uh, in terms of the big supercars news, uh, that was uh, that was it in uh, in the week that was. But here's some big news for you uh, for the Phillip Island. Uh, Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championship event on the Friday night. I have concocted this plan for a pro versus pros versus media karting challenge. Would you okay. like to be involved? This is your official invitation. Oh, really? Yep. Would you like I to really, be involved? Do you want to be a pro, really pro or media? You fit in. You fit in both categories these days. Yeah, I'm sort of both these days because I'm sort of not really a race driver anymore. I'm not really a, a media bloke either. But what do I do better? Actually, at the moment, I reckon like in, when you consider my results at Simmons Plains, I think I'm doing a better job of this. Well, that's right. And have a look at our huge numbers and the amount of people tuning no, in. Our massive. numbers are going good. Massive. Our numbers are going really good. Yeah, um, your, your numbers on mate. the track are poor. So, yes, <laughs> you need to apply for media accreditation. I'm actually really interested to do this because – uh, I weigh bugger all and I'm going to kick your ass. Okay. Well, here's, here's the rules. Well, no, I don't want to build, you. I want to build the hype. No, well, it's going to be drawn out of a hat. We're okay. going to have about 15 or 16, uh, entries and the, the pros will get put all in the names of the pros will get put in one hat. Mm. The names of the media and journals will get put in another and you'll be randomly selected. Okay. So um, maybe I'll uh, just to conveniently place our names on the top to um, <laughs> to uh, see if we can cheekily get get put together. But I've uh, I've started to get together a list of of drivers across all of the ARG categories and even um, uh, Porsche uh, Sprint Challenge as well. So uh, I, actually, do, is it like tra- a team thing? Yeah, so it's going to be team thing. So we'll have one quali. Each driver will do one quali session, and each driver will do one race. So the question is: Do I put all of the real race car drivers uh, into one race, and all of the journos into another race, or should nah. I should I mix it up? Definitely mix it up. Okay, I'll, I'll, that's that's what I was thinking. Because the race drivers will want to punt the. Oh. Journos yeah. out of the way. Ah, oh, right. Like okay. get something back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I've done these before. I've done this this uh, style of thing before, where they they just had a a supercars drivers race, and then they had a media race, which I won by the way. Let me just throw that in there. Jeez. But the uh, in the supercars drivers race, there was that much carnage. I was surprised no one lost an arm or a leg, and there were people like driving across the grass, like oh, cheat, cheating to that. catch up. Uh, it was an absolute joke. It was a nah. complete farce. I can't remember who won, 
the the cars down at Phillip Island at their go kart track actually have like a stop button, button that they can yeah. oper- operate from from pit lane. So if anyone does do something completely whack, then um, mm. then they can just pull the pin on it. But um, anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do that. I might even make a little okay. trophy for it. You know Good. how I like to do things: t-shirts as well. We'll have grid girls, barbecues, beers. Uh, the, uh, of course, after the race, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. But I actually um, had a little uh, a little suggestion myself. Yeah. And I, well, we might as well just talk about it right now. Go for it. All right. What do you want to do? With our parked up t-shirts, mm-hmm. I think we should get enough of them to give all the TCR drivers. Yeah. And then I want to do a parked up like photo on the, like in the grid before the start of the race. So we put the t-shirt on over just like <laughs> formula one do with end racism. Yep. Um, this might be end parked up. It might be like the drivers are saying, please no more parked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But how good would that be? We would get so much coverage from that. Okay, cool. Have you got enough t-shirts in stock? Um, I've got a few. I've got a couple and maybe not I- enough to do the full TCR grid. I reckon that'd be funny though. Like maybe get a few t-shirts and we'll go up and down pit lane and see who will wear one and we'll get a photo of these drivers. And I can be on my knee and, you know, pointing to the sky and doing full Lewis Hamilton spec um, and racism. um, (laughs) End parked up. End parked up quickly. Yes. (laughs) Well, actually we gave away last week, we gave away a shirt to Josh Bucken and he was absolutely frothing telling me he's very much looking forward to having the, uh, the shirt delivered to him. He said he'd be more than happy to do an official photo shoot with the, uh, with the t-shirt. So um, we've already got one TCR driver locked in. Well, okay, done. You've got to bring him to Phillip Island and let's organize a morning to get a, a couple of photos of some race drives in our shirts. Reckon Chaz will do it. Absolutely, Caruso might do it. Oh, no, nah, he wouldn't do it. He's got his own podcast. <laughs> oh dear. All right, so that's enough of the news, Grant. Um, are we wrapping this up, or have we actually got a guest for today's show? No, How'd you go with that? no, I've organised a guest. Of course, we've got a guest, and we've got a very good guest. One person who has been in the news of late, but I don't think many people have actually spoken to him. They're probably a bit scared to talk to him. His <laughs> name is Barry Ryan. Barry is, of course. The big cheese at Erebus Motorsport, and you know, for a long time, these uh, the Erebus guys were the team to be at. They were the they were the underdogs. They were the the high achievers, punching up against the likes of Dick Johnson Racing and Triple Eight Race Engineering. They had a bit of an off year in 2020, and they've lost both of their drivers. One because uh, you know Anton got uh, snaffled up by DJR and and is going to go to a really plum drive there and a great opportunity the other driver of course david reynolds had signed a 10-year deal but uh yes yeah, didn't quite because get through COVID. those 10 years he got he got covered he got covered <laughs> wow i don't well, think he did during covid they lost two drivers there you go well d- during the 2020 period so 2020 was a weird year for everyone possibly even more so uh, for Erebus with some of the um, some of the stuff that was was going on behind the scenes and which was also getting played out a little bit in the media as well so um, hey we thought uh, Barry Ryan we've both known him for a long time and uh, we thought this would be a good opportunity to get him on the show maybe clear some of the air and see how he feels about having two rookies compete in the 2021 supercars championship so that's it let's go it's barry ryan on the parked up podcast and we're powered by Racefields. and it's great to welcome barry ryan onto the parked up podcast for the very first time baz thanks for joining us yeah thanks for having me yeah look forward to having a chat here we go. Um, mate, it's it's an all fresh start for Everest Motorsport in 2021. Two new full-time drivers, a fresh engineering lineup. What's the vibe like at your team, Erebus Motorsport? Yeah, it's actually um, I don't know, it's just really refreshing and everybody's just raring to go. I think I don't know, sometimes we you sort of get stuck in a comfort zone, I guess, and you don't want things to change. And then when things change, you go, Oh shit, why didn't we do this a while back? But and that's not against anyone. It's just we had a rookie day a couple of weeks ago and 
I don't know, it was just a different vibe in the garage. Everybody was just so motivated and having two young guys like Brody and Will obviously push it along because they're just like, you know, in the, sitting in the car at 8.30 for a nine o'clock start and they're just raring to go and it just brings the whole team vibe up. So it's good. Let's get the hard stuff out of the way early. Obviously some frustrations in, in 2020, which ultimately led to, you know, some pretty significant changes on the on the driver front or, or those guys who are front of house for for your team. On reflection, yeah. uh, when when you think about 2020 and, and how it all played out, what what's your thoughts? Oh, it's just a tough year. And, you know, the, anybody can believe anything, but um, I know what happened and I know what we had to do with government rules, not just supercar rules or Erebus rules or the rules the government enforced. That's that's what we had to be strict on. And, you know, majority of our team really were good with that. And they understood that this was a pandemic. It wasn't just a game. And, you know, other people just didn't... <laughs> take it seriously and you know there was you know, I can't say too much but um yeah I had to be a probably a bigger boss than I'd ever been when we're on the road with a heap of people and you can't fuck up like it was a category that was the reputation was at stake and it was all the teams if somebody messed up and we couldn't go to the next round because somebody got COVID it was you know really really bad for teams in the category so I probably had to roar a bit more than I, I normally would. And um, yeah, the majority of the team just took it on board and they knew exactly what to do and others didn't. So, you know, and I'm, I'm, I wouldn't reverse anything I did because I had to look after the team and the sport. It's certainly uh, a big year for supercars. Very, very difficult for all the teams, especially the Melbourne-based teams. Yeah. And we've spoken about it quite a bit on our podcast and, and spoken to a lot of guests. Um, but from your point of view, how difficult was it uh, to be on the road that whole time and to manage a group of people, inspire them, you know, get them going, even though results weren't um, where you wanted them to be? It was a really tough year for the team and, uh, you know, you had to be that leader the whole time. Yeah, it was a challenge, but you know, I actually enjoyed the whole time on the road as, as much as my wife won't like me saying that, but <laughs> it was a huge challenge and the team were actually awesome, like, majority of our team are just unbelievable and you know the, people have focused on car nine's results last year but people forget how good anton went he was mm -hmm. podiums top fives like i can't remember most of the year especially the tail end of the year he was qualifying top five and if he was outside the top 10 it was was like what happened mm. so his results were exceptional and you know, car nine dave just just some people like i said before just didn't handle it as well as others and you know, I'm not going to go into it any deeper than that, but that's just, everybody's character is different. So it's no one's fault. It's just everybody's built different. And um, Anton loved it. He, being on the road for him was like his dream. We're racing every weekend and he, he could he could race every day if he, if he could and he'd love it. But, you know, Dave's always said that he loves breaks between races and, you know, it gets too much for him. And, mm. and that's just Dave. That's just the way Dave's built. So yeah, didn't work as good for him, but... The rest of the team is unbelievable. Like, yeah, we had our little ups and downs because, you know, it's a group of people seeing each other every single day. Mm. But um, we tried to make sure we had breaks from each other and, you know, had a bit of time out. And you know, we all looked after each other like we're a family. So, you know, majority of the time on the road, it was awesome. And just talking about Anton's results that you've just touched on there, um, does that make it any harder to see him go uh, this year? And and did you know that was sort of happening? I mean, there's obviously a lot of chat about it, but, you know, yeah. how soon in the year did you know that he was moving on? Uh, it was, didn't take too many rocket science to work it out. That's <laughs> why we signed we signed Will Brown back in 2019. So we, we pretty much knew it was going to happen. And, yeah, we're pretty proud that we brought him into the sport where no one else was even looking at Anton back in when we signed him up in 2017. So I'm proud that we, we gave him the opportunity and we gave him his first race win, even though it was a, a bit of a fake win, but uh, that's another story. But um, <laughs> Win's a got, win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he got podiums. He, you know, his first ever Bathurst, he qualified third and he was exceptional for our team and just a good, good, good bloke through and through. Now, I guess uh, just talking about the, the driver market, uh, you've got two young, fresh faces in this year in Will Brown and Brody Kostecki. 
who were no stranger to your team. Uh, yeah. But there's a, there's one prized seat out there that'll be available for 2022. Um, have, now, in case you guys have an absolute ripper year, have you got both of those blokes locked in on uh, some long-term deals? So Roland, Tony Quinn, Jess Dane, Jamie Winkup, whoever's running the show over there these days, uh, <laughs> yeah. so they don't snaffle them. Ah, uh, yeah. You can always say you've got your drivers locked in. We had one driver locked in for 10 years, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we had a we had an option to retain Anton too, but we we have got him locked in for you know minimum two years, and we hope they stay for a lot longer. But I've talked to Betty, and basically we've just said, you know, the new crew chief Brad and the engineers, it's like drivers will stay if you've got a fast car. So the only thing we can do is keep producing a fast car, and then they won't want to leave. But if they get an opportunity like Anton did doesn't matter how fast your car is. He's going to a team where they've won the three of the last four championships. They've been the, the team of the, you know, the last 10 years, really. And Red Bull's the other team of the last 10 years. So I'm sure if Brody and Will got an opportunity to, to talk to Roland or whoever it is, they're going to probably have a chat, whether they're allowed to by their contract or not. But I, I really hope that we can show them that the grass isn't going to be any greener. Stay with us. Now, you recently tested at Winton as well. The, the guys got some early miles. One of the first supercars teams this year to, to do any serious testing. How yeah. much of an advantage is that to, to get those early season laps out of the way? Uh, I feel it's a, a big advantage because I don't see either Will or Brody as rookies. You know, their status is a rookie, which is great for us. Uh, they've got two years of being a rookie, even into Gen 3, so... I think it's an awesome opportunity for us. And those two boys got in the car and within three laps, they were, all right, let's start testing. They were, they didn't need half a day to get up to speed. And, oh, my seat's uncomfortable and all that bullshit. They got a hammer out, banged their seat until it was comfortable and got on with it. And Baz, what's the uh, expectations for the year, knowing that you've got, you know, two fresh drivers, but as you mentioned, they've got quite a bit of experience under their belt. Yeah, well... We don't want to talk expectations too much. We just want to go with what we, what what happens. But I'd love to see both of them get a podium. And I think, you know, in the right circumstances, they're both capable of it. We've mm. just got to deliver the car to them. If we can deliver them a car, they can qualify up front. Uh, we've seen how Brody races in Bathurst, and you put <laughs> you put him on the you put him on the front row with a with a good car and a good engine, and no one's going to pass him. So. Uh, and, and Will's an exceptional racer. He's probably one of the best guys I've seen come through the field in, a, in multiple races we've had with him. The Gold Coast in um, 19, I think it was. Sandown. Sandown. Sandown 19 when he you know, come through and passed Garth and nearly passed Lowndes for the win. And you know, He's just a really, really good, strong racer. And you know, he's, a, he's a fun-loving little kid, but when he puts his race face on, we saw it at the test day probably more than ever. He's a really serious racer and, you know, a pro. So, yeah, I, it, I'd, love, I'd love to see him get a podium and, you know, but we're not going to talk our stocks up too much. Was it uh, performances like Sandown and Gold Coast that really made you guys think that, hey, we need to get uh, Will locked down for the long term? Yeah, I think when I probably first started talking to Will when he won the 86 and Formula Ford Championship the same year, I sort of thought, yeah, this is the next kid. How can we get him on the journey with us and make sure he stays around for a long time? So, but yeah, some of those definitely cemented the fact that it was like talking to Betty, Betty, let's just sign him up. Worst case, we'll run three cars if we can retain Anton. But, um, and that was always part of their plan. If, if we can retain Anton, but somehow try and run three cars, but shit, that would have proved difficult with what happened with, <laughs> what happened with Tickford and stuff. So, we're probably lucky. <laughs> uh, I, I thought you uh, you signed him up after you saw how uh, how he beat Tony D in the TCR Australia series. I thought that would have been the <laughs> the absolute tick. That is rough. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, that he did really well in that, but it was hard to tell whether it was just the car or or what. But definitely, year, the, definitely. The, the Hyundai hasn't been performing that well this year so far, so. I don't know. Maybe he was. Come and drive a Honda. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, they don't look too flash, those Hondas. <laughs> Not at the moment. Yeah. They'll uh, they'll get there. The BOP will sort that out. Um, yeah. So uh, one, one of the extra things that was happening in, in 2020, which I'm not sure uh, you'll be able to talk a little bit more to this, if this sort of affected the way that the season rolled out, but you had the Inside Line TV documentary, which came which came into our TV screens uh, conveniently mm. while we were sitting in our lounge rooms, not able to do much else. Um, the the documentary gave uh, an insight into the inner workings of a of a supercars team, all focused on Erebus Motorsport, and and you were one of the effectively three or four lead characters in yeah. inside there. And I guess um, you know some of the portrayals were uh, the big bad Baz um, <laughs> was uh, was that that was the way that you were um, portrayed inside the uh, the documentary. What was your thoughts on how that rolled out, and will we see it again in twenty twenty one? Oh look, um, <laughs> that's a tough one. The way it rolled out, you know, there's a lot of things on there, and I, we talked about on the review show that. I'll definitely watch it back and go, who the who the hell is that guy? But <laughs> pe- people that know me and I guess they wanted to create a villain that's good for a TV show. Everything I did was on camera, so I can't deny I did some of those things. And when you're 24-7, you've got a microphone strapped to your chest, you forget about it. But some of it, you know, when you, you know Tony and most people that I've spoken to within the industry see it and they love it because they know I'm not a blown up then. But five minutes later, you're going down, mm. you're going, mate, you know, you know what happened there. You, you know, you're fixing the situation, but, you know, you, sometimes you talk to the drivers about what the mechanics are doing to keep the drivers pepped up. And then five minutes later, you're talking to the mechanics saying how much of a dickhead the driver is because <laughs> sometimes you just gotta, you've just got to do that over a weekend just to keep everybody's energy up. But yep. you don't expect to see it all together on a TV show. Because if you see one bit and you don't see the other bit, you can't work out what what I'm doing. So I think that's the hard thing for people to get around their heads. That I just looked like I was yelling at everybody and giving everybody shits. But a lot of the time it was to keep the energy of either the drivers up or the mechanics up and the team up. And it's not supposed to be seen together. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I've, I've learned things from it and, you know, I'm not going to change. So anybody that thinks they're going to change is, you know, so they're just dreaming so it definitely kept us entertained i, I watched uh, all the episodes <laughs> during COVID with with a lot of interest because you know you do know the ins and outs of the sport and the role that you do play is is very tricky to manage all those people and uh yeah. you know they did definitely portray you as as the wolf big, big bad wolf um, <laughs> sure. but hey you're you know you're getting results um with the way you were sort of uh, approaching the situation so that passion side of it really comes through. And I'm sure that's why Betty has you in that position because you're so passionate about going motor racing. Yeah. And I, I guess the testament to that is that pretty much from 2017 till um, this year, no one's left. No one's left the organization. Nobody comes in at the end of the year and goes, Oh, why do you treat me like that? And you know, it's, it's usually I, I predict that they're going to come and see me. I'll grab them and say, mate, you know what happened? You know why I blew up at you? Um, they didn't show people blowing up back at me most of the time mm. either. But, you know, the conversations happen. We all get on with it. We all learn. And we all realise that you've got to make mistakes to learn. So, you know, I just sometimes don't have the temper for it. And, <laughs> um, and but, but all the guys in the team, because they were, they've been there so long, they know that's just me. So, you know, they know in five minutes I'll forget about it and I'll be saying oh do you want a drink or you're right you need a hand or i'm there cleaning the car or something so you know it's 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 not didn't portray how strong our team bond was so can we expect to see the show reappear is that is that part of plannings or um is it enough of uh the inside runnings of erebus motorsport uh no that betty betty enjoyed it but she didn't enjoy the fact that we didn't have much control over the editing. So she definitely wanted to do a second series and we, our plan last year was to do it. So we've done a lot of filming last year. Um, a lot we couldn't do because of COVID restrictions, but a lot of it's going to be more, uh, not just about motorsport, a lot of the background of our business and Betty and who she is and 
mm-hmm. and it'll roll into this year. So I think it'll be combined 2020-21 series that'll come out and it'll be a little bit more around Erebus and more good things, more good content, not bad content. <laughs> hey, the bad stuff is what uh, sometimes what we want to see. We want to see the blood and guts, but... Um, oh, yeah, there'll, there'll yeah. be still all that. It's just in a probably a better way. Now, uh, we saw the cars roll out at the uh, Winton test with a pretty cool testing livery. Obviously, uh, a couple of new schemes to come on board for the season. Uh, are, yep. we, are we expecting... Uh, identical cars or we're going to have two different looking cars and, and when when would we uh, expect to see those uh, delivered to the public at the moment we'll probably have two different cars um, with Penrod how late they made their decision it made it really difficult for us to um, try and get naming rights sponsors but we've got um, Brody's car definitely right to go uh, naming rights uh, we've got wheels pretty close. It could be a you know two rounds here, one round here, a bit of the what Brad's been doing the last couple of years with Percat's car. But um, yeah, there's still a lot of a lot of shit going down, which we're we're trying to sort. But it's, it's tough, and um, big businesses that have the money to do it can't just make a decision overnight to spend you know what you need to spend, and and then we've got to manage merchandise and liveries and um, walling and uniforms and all that stuff. So we didn't want to rush out some livery that wasn't ready to go and a sponsor that wasn't ready to start activating. So we did the test livery because we wanted to show this is the level we want to keep it at and um, you know, be as professional and highly regarded with what we do with liveries as we can. And we'll definitely bounce out something pretty special as soon as we can. Probably lead up to Bathurst. I don't think we'll still use that for the test day. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do something leading into the Bathurst week. Now we've seen Triple Eight recently just announced that they're going to have a GT presence. Now, obviously, Erebus have got a rich history in GT racing. Do you expect to ever get back into that side of it, uh, or are you just going to focus purely on on supercar racing? I think at the moment, supercar racing has got to be our focus. You know, we've got a a lot to prove again now with bringing um, Brody and Will through and. Showing that we're not we're not going anywhere. We're, we're here to stay, and we're going to win Bathurst again very soon, and hopefully win race big races again soon, and head for a championship, all that stuff. But you know, anything could happen. Betty still loves the GT series, and if there's something we can do in the future, we'll definitely be looking at it. Daniel and Betty just they're constantly looking at what's going on and what looks like it'd be not just cool but good for the business. And you know, the Bathurst um, winning. SLS is sitting proudly at the Bathurst Museum. That, that'll just stay there as long as they want it. Um, so that's always a piece of history that's going to stay around for us. And Yeah, we've got really good memories of what we've done with GT racing between Macau and, you know, trips, co, you know, trips to Spa and doing Dubai 24-hour races and stuff like that with, with Black Falcon, but as an Erebus team. Uh, so, yeah, anything like that, we'll definitely look at. Last little question from me, Baz. Uh, how long have you been at Erebus now? I started there, started 2012. I was part-time most of that year. I went oh. full-time in November 2012. So this is my eighth year. Pretty quick uh, move up the ladder. You've done well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, 2012 was supposed to be my gap year. I got out of supercars because I was just a little bit over it. And pretty quickly... Oh, Bathurst 12 hour. I got, I went with um, Erebus to the 12 hour and run their program there, and we got second. And um, also worked with Jack LeBrock that year with Bruin Beasley. Bruin's a good mate of mine, and we, I said to him, I'd love to work with him one year, and we'll try, go and win a Formula Ford championship. And we actually did with Jack LeBrock. And then, um, yeah, we quickly ended up doing a program for with Betty and the GT guys at Erebus. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. We had some great years there, winning. 12 hour in 13 and winning the championship with Richard Muscat in 14 and still lap records that Jack LeBrock and Richard have got around the traps so yeah that was a great time and yeah good fun memories and yeah and now I'm stuck back in V8s I mean yeah I'm in <laughs> V8s and I'm loving it <laughs> sounds like yeah. it <laughs> so wouldn't do it any different it can be it can be a drain, and um, I guess not to harp too much on 
on on some of the stuff that we saw in 2020, particularly around your team. But you know, super stressful time, not just for supercars, not just for trying to run a business as large as that, but just in life in general. Yeah. And uh, it it certainly took its toll in in a whole bunch of different ways. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, um, the pressure creates diamonds, so you know we've got some pretty big diamonds being created at the moment. So um, yeah, well, even personally, last year I had my daughter going through year twelve. Uh, that was tough. She had the homeschool, and she ended up getting ducks, and you know, she kicked mm-hmm. ass. But that sort of stuff is yeah, really difficult. You know, the wife at home, and like everybody in Victoria, they're stuck at home, not seeing anyone, and you're away as well, and. Zoom calls only do so much. Yep, no, Zoom has definitely been the way. Uh, Barry Ryan, we uh, we thank you so much for your time and and your great insight and and honest insight as well. Uh, I'm sure our listeners have really enjoyed it, mate. We're looking forward to seeing you back at the racetracks pretty soon, and we thank you so much for your time on Parked Up. Yeah, thank you, thanks, guys. Hopefully, I wasn't too honest to make it in the shit. <laughs> thanks, Baz. <laughs> Sounded good, mate. Cheers. And we thank Baz for being on Parked Up. Tony, he, uh, he revealed quite a bit. and uh, But I think the thing that grabs me the most is his passion. Like, And you might have mentioned it in a question there. He is just wildly passionate about getting the results that he feels that the people around him should be getting. Yeah, definitely. And that does come across. And like he said, sometimes maybe he doesn't deliver it properly and he can be seen to be the big bad wolf. Um, but people that do know him uh, know that he uh, says what he thinks and then he comes back and uh, gives him a hug after afterwards. So definitely that show didn't really portray some of that. Um, the one thing I did like though, he was talking about you know, what is going to keep drivers at their team and, and knowing they've just lost two drivers. And, you know, his response was to have, you know, the best car on the grid and that's what their focus is. And I think that's awesome from a race team to have that uh, mentality about, you know, building the best race car, best team, and you're going to attract the best drivers um, because of that. And uh, that is certainly true. I mean, why does everyone want to drive Triple Eight or DJR? Because they've got the best cars on the grid at the moment. That, and then that, that is for sure. So he knows where it's at. You know, it will be really interesting to see how Will and Brody go in their first year. Um, you know, we have seen them both be in the championship for a very long time, so they're not newbies. Um, but as I know, it's a very different ball game going to the main series rather than coming out of development series. So they've got a lot to learn, and they certainly know that. But um, it be interesting to see if their cars are fast enough to do the job. All right, so just an early little tip from yourself. Who comes out on top by the time we get to the end of the year? Who do you reckon we're going to see higher in the standings, Will Brown or Brody Kostecki? Uh, I think Will Brown. Cool. Who do you think? Um, Yeah, well, look, I think I'd uh, obviously got to know Will quite well through the TCR Australia series where he won in the Hyundai in, in 2019. I don't know, maybe my gut says that Brody will come out on top just seeing how he went about his business in the Bathurst 1000 elbows out wasn't afraid to you know rub panels they they were clearly down on horsepower and he never ever gave an inch you know watching watching him hang to the outside around Griffin's Bend lap after lap keeping others with faster machinery at bay sort of uh, gave me the impression that you know he, he's not going to be afraid to uh, rub doors with with anyone in that field so um i think uh, does that get him in trouble on the track hmm. or not i'm uh you know I, I guess i'm not sure but um i think eventually either way. that mentality will be good because he'll establish himself in the category as someone not to mess with but i think he'll probably go through a phase of not finishing as many races as he could because he's trying to establish himself as the enforcer, maybe the new enforcer, the new enforcer uh, in, like in the category. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. They're definitely both very talented drivers and uh, it, it will be close. I don't, I think on speed, like if you're thinking about who's going to be the quickest driver, I think they're going to be very evenly matched. Cool. Well, we look forward to it. It's not too far away. Three weeks until supercars are going around Mount Panorama for the Mount Panorama 500. Uh, even less time until we're going racing down in TCR world. 
Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that should do us, I reckon, for uh, this episode of Parked Up. One final thing. I actually got a, a bit of a message from a, an anonymous caller. So last week I did mentioned that you were treating me a bit like a punching bag at Simmons Plains when we were talking about uh, when, when I was with you and you were having some struggles with the uh, old Honda with some of that straight line handling. Mm. And it, the, the, the chat resonated with our anonymous caller. So I've been told to ask you for your reaction when our anonymous caller offered their emotional support after you'd finished second in the 1999 karting nationals, Shane Price won. Now you finished second and our anonymous caller said, um, second is still a great result, mate. Apparently the verbal decapitation of our anonymous caller has stuck with them for a long, long time. Oh, James, <laughs> James, my best mate used to come away and uh, push the go-kart trolley for us. And the poor bugger just copped an earful after I'd, I finished second in the national championship. And, and the worst thing about it was I'd won every heat leading into the final and Shane got me in the last race and won the race. And I wasn't happy about it clearly. And I, I've scarred James to, for his whole life now, emotionally <laughs> scarred the bloke. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But Hey, look, if I use a quote from Baz today, you know, I'm an emotional guy and I uh, just say what, what I, what I want. And then afterwards we just hug and make up. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened in the race? How did, how did you lose this thing? I had uh, a carburet- carburetor. <laughs> I had a problem with the carburetor. Right. <laughs> so yeah, the, the engine went a little bit off tune and uh, Pricey got me uh, off the line into turn one. And then I just battled with the thing Missing all race and uh, yeah, couldn't get back around him. Were you were you running the thing a little bit too lean? No, I, I don't know what happened in the end, but yeah, for of all the races, it just that was the wrong race to happen because we had it in the bag. Yeah, what class? But was clearly that not. Uh, I think that was junior clubman, something like that. Uh, don't worry, not many famous people have won junior clubman Australian junior clubman national championships. <laughs> Actually, it might have been before that. I'm just trying to think. No, it was Junior Clubman because about two weeks before I'd won the Victorian state title and Shane had finished second. And then he won the national title and I finished second. And after the race, he said, I know which one I'd rather win. Oh, wow. <laughs> Off that. So, yeah. There you go. Okay, cool. There Good times. Go. Thanks there for reminding go. me, James. Good job. <laughs> All right, back to rehab for me then, Grant. <laughs> Oh no, the old bones have been uh, let out of the closet and they smell, they're smelly. (laughs) All right, that's it. That's the end. Parked up. Episode 44 in the can. Everyone have a great week and you'll hear from us next time. See you guys.